The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? Jesus, he said to Jesus in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped him and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road, but when he saw him, he passed on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place. And when he saw him, he passed by the opposite side as well. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on the way back. Jesus questioned, which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? The man answered, the one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's get it straight. Everybody knows the Good Samaritan, that story. It's a parable that Jesus gave the lawyer who wanted to justify himself. But everybody knows it. Catholics, Protestants, non Christians, they all know the Good Samaritan. We have a Good Samaritan law. We have phrases and, and organizations that are called Good Samaritan. As a matter of fact, here in our church, the second window to my right depicts the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, so obvious a message to all of us, so obvious that at times it aggravates me. It sounds great, a man's beaten up, left for dead, the priest walks by, the, the, the other one walks by, the lawyer walks by, everybody walks by and ignores him, and an enemy of the people of Judaism, the Samaritan, weighs on him and takes care of him. Now, you and I know this is a parable. It's not history. However, there's historical elements to it that we'll refer to as we go along. So it's so common and so universal a parable 
that I believe goes in one ear and out the other for most people who hear it, but that I'd rather not concentrate on that today. You know what the good parable is, you know what the object is, and you know what Jesus is trying to impress the self-righteous lawyer with. However, I'd like to focus on the two other readings that lead up to the gospel. The first beautiful reading attributed to Moses from the book of Deuteronomy, the second law book, is a reminder to the people of Israel about the commandments. We all know the commandments. But he says something very simple, simple and complex. You want to find God? Don't worry about the commandments. Don't worry about going up to a high mountain. Don't worry about making the pilgrimage to some foreign place. Go, don't go down to the depths of the sea. Don't go into the clouds. If you want to find God, the book says, he is already very near you. He is already in your mouths and in your hearts. You have only to meet him. You come to church, and we invite all of our sisters and brothers of the faith to come to church to meet God. This reading challenges us before we walk to the threshold of the church to find God where we are. There's no better place for Christians to find Jesus except in the holy sacrifice of the Mass and the Eucharist and any of our sacraments. God's way to communicate to us, whether it's through oil or water or the act of forgiveness. The words of God come to us in so many ways. But the author is saying, before you go outside and look for God, realize, my word, he is in us already. He is innate. Innate in us. This goes back to this creation story made in the image of God. He's already within us. All we have to do is go within and find him. And then once we find him, we can come out and realize what the regulations are, what the other ways of meeting him is. Paul, attributed to Paul, the letters to the Colossians, it may not be Paul himself, but an author who is following Paul, says it differently, but in many ways it's the same image and, and message. Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. He calls him the icon of God. Members of, of the Christian Byzantine faith look at icons as otherworldly paintings of the saints or Jesus, and they adorn their churches with them. But they don't look them, at them as works of art, they look at the icon as an image of God or the saints through that painted panel. What is an icon? Icon, the way Paul is, is using it, is God's impression on us. Like the little Pillsbury Doughboy, you know, he's cute, he's small, he's round, he's dough, and every once in a while you'll have a commercial in which somebody 
presses his belly and he tee-hees. Okay? That's what Paul is saying. The image of God is an icon on us. It's, right, it's superimposed on us. We believe it's the soul. We believe it's made in the image of God. But that's the icon idea. I was in Ireland last month, and the famous shrine in Ireland is dedicated to Our Lady of Knock. 1870, something like that, in Knock area, which is a farm country, there was a church. And then the side wall of the church outside was an image of Mary, John the Evangelist, and other saints. Few people saw it, like eight people saw it. And then they went home. They went back the next day and they saw it again. After that, nobody saw it. But everyone believed in that image which was superimposed on the church, visible by their vision in their soul, Vi visual by their visionary experience not their eyes. That was an icon. Just coincidentally, because we were in Manhattan, the group of people who saw that image, and it's a major shrine to Our Lady in Ireland, so if you're there, I know you will go to knock. Just coincidentally, there were eight people in that group. The oldest was 86, the youngest was about six years old. This has nothing to do with the homily, but it's a little fluff for you. The youngest's name was John Curry. Yesterday, I visited the tomb of John Curry. He's buried in the graveyard of the old St. Patrick's Basilica here in Manhattan, in Lonita, Nolita, Little Italy. So from that image, the guy comes here, grows up, he's buried there, here in New York. Just a little fluff. So we're talking about the icon of Jesus on our lives. That means if we are going to connect with Jesus, we've got to go where he is within. Now, popularity. If you look at television, decorative programs, there was one on this morning, the woman says, oh, she's like, this is my, my special place in her apartment, and we all have one, we, we had an altar growing up in my own family's apartment, but she says, this is my special place where I meet God. Okay, that's your home church. She didn't imply that she goes to church or temple or anything else, she meets God there. And what does she have? A few pictures, and she has a rock. A stone, I don't know what kind of stone. And she gets the impression of God from that. The, the reverberations of God from that. Okay, that's not for us. There may be holy places that we visit in which we can get an impression of God, a feeling of God's presence, Lourdes, Fatima, Knock, etc. But you don't have to go there. You want to find God? He's within us. He's within us. And Paul, in this letter to the, to the Colossians, is challenged 
because the belief then was, you know, Jesus was a nice guy, gift of God and all that, but he wasn't really powerful. You know, there are gods and spirits and angels and all these other uh, extraterrestrial experiences, and, and, and we like them. They're popular on our TVs and on our movies. Things that are woo, way out of, out of line. Things that are weird and, and extraterrestrial. We like them as a society. We like the spooky. We're not going there with Jesus. Because Je Paul confronted those people who were believed in principalities and dominions and all these other spirits in the heavens. And he said, there's only one who's the image of God. And he is firstborn from the dead, resurrected. He himself is the fullness of life. He himself reconciles all of us in himself to the Father. He himself made peace for you and for me through his cross. challenging them and not mocking them but that little thing will keep them in our prayers is so significant for us when you pray excuse me when we pray we are connecting with the icon of God within ourselves when we go into the silence of our rooms or here in church and we close our eyes and just think of Jesus in me he hears you feels you understands you He's all in all. He gets it. You don't have to explain stuff to him. He gets it. If you want to explain, he's listening. He's within us. He's the icon of God within us. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. He's the reason we exist as Christians. So let's jump to the story and the parable of the Good Samaritan, the icon of God, Jesus, is giving us the parable. And I think in a certain way, he placed himself in that parable. He's the Good Samaritan. He takes care of us. He fills our needs. And he doesn't say, I, I only do it with a gang. I'll only be part of the group that takes care of the poor. No, 
He comes to us individually and in prayer and in silence. He doesn't need the gang. He doesn't need a political movement. He doesn't need the government to encourage us to live as if we do believe that the icon of God, Jesus Christ, is within us. He expects us in one phrase, and it's the same phrase he gave the lawyer. Go and do likewise. Go act as if you believe in the icon of God. And if we need further clarification, we go to Deuteronomy. He is already in your mouths and in your hearts. You have only to carry the faith out. Further clarification, all fullness is within him. He is with us, he is for us, and he invites us to live out the icon of God in our lives. Thank you.